Count us, bro, bro. Count us off, bro. <laughs> no, keep it. <laughs> Three, two, one. My brother Brandon, he's got depression. This is a podcast about why. Brando, Brando. My brother Carson on bass guitar, and he is a funny guy. Carson, Carson. <laughs> Unmissing person that happened to my bro. Unmissing person, that's the name of our show. There you are. The last part's supposed to be together, bro, but right. this stays in the picture. I was watching the audio. The levels are good? Well, we got a new recording set up. Oh my goodness! Welcome. Welcome to Radio Brendo Man. My name's Brendan Creasy. And I'm Carson Crashley the Fourth. We are related. Brothers, yeah. is in fact. Uh, for that origin story of the different names, you guys have to go back through the back catalog. Do we even talk about it? Yeah, sure. Why not? Um, but this is a Brendo Man limited series, Unmissing Person, Chapter 8? Yes, that is a question. Well, yeah, chapter eight. I'm leading you to say the, the title of the chapter. Every Rose City has, smells, even Rose City smells like poo, poo, poo. Like poo, poo. Everyone want to act like their city don't stink, but even the Rose City sometimes smells like poo, poo. What's that all about? Move to Portland. That's right. Move to Portland, the Rose City. But before we get into this chapter, we have to pause all momentum and do a one-sentence recap of Chapter 7, which was Depression in the Millennium. Millennium Depression. Millennium Depression. Take it, pick. Either way, backwards or forwards, it was still a great episode. One sentence, what was that one about? A trip back to the years 1999 and 2000 and the dawn of the millennium. The Willennium. Um, being Ooh. in college, being on your own. And you talked about being a projectionist. I was right. I was a projectionist uh, at the time in the Fight Club era. <laughs> and our audio was a little low. We fixed I had that. The microphone. Thanks, Mom. And you, you never want to get uh, an audio note from your mom on Facebook. <laughs> That's not the kind of pod- podcast feedback you're looking for. But yeah, we talked about that. Do you ever think, you know how like teenagers like nickname their cars? If I had a car, if I could go back in time to the did millennium. Did I my car? I don't know, did you? Brendo The, the prune? The prune. <laughs> it was like a burgundy a Honda Accord. Yeah. Uh, the Slurpee Mobile. No, but I would have called my car, I would call my whip the Millennium uh, Falcon. <laughs> huh? That's a good nickname for a car. Anyway, that was last week, but this week... Even Rose City Smells Like Poo Poo, inspired by the outcast song Roses. Because uh, what that means is, is like, well, you know, the thrust of this podcast, of this special series is my brother, who's lifelong suffered from depression, was on the pre- literally on a precipice, precipice of a hospital parking garage, thinking about killing himself, living in his car. He had gone missing. Uh, he came back from the edge. And it's like, great. I came down, we kind of made a plan, moved into Portland. We're here. We made it to the Rose City. We're here. You're queer? (laughs) Yes? You gotta say yes, otherwise I just look weird. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) But it's not like just moving here um, solved everything. No. We had to get get proper medical treatment, which was stressful. Very stressful. We tried to get it through California, and then we got here, and we got it through Oregon. Well, we found a... Um, no, we know. It's a hard. Emergency uh, mental health clinic that specialized in just emergency... Want to give them medical, a shout-out? ...mental health needs. Cascadia. There you go. Um, and, uh, and they get me set up with OHP, the Oregon Health Plan. Use promo code... 
give me mental health services or I'm going to die for a 10% discount off your first copay. There's no copay. It's totally free. But I got set up with the Oregon Health Plan. I got set up with... Um, That's key is they helped you they me set up. meds immediately. Is it the key is though they helped you set up the health plan, right? Yeah. Because that's the thing. We're in depression and people are like, oh, just get help. All you got to do is sign up. But what is asking someone to navigate the Kafka-esque bureaucracy of interstate mental health stuff? You know, that just digs you into a deeper hole. Just the thought yeah. of filing for unemployment. The, you know, I'm just talking to folks, to, you know, it takes hours just to be told we're too busy to even file your claim. So the, the, the help you got setting it up was critical. Yeah, I did it over the phone. This lady with this lady, she filled it out over the phone with me. Shout out to that lady, wherever she may be. And, um, and, and got my primary care doctor, got my first medical appointment with a primary care doctor, got medic meds, right? Blood away. work. We went in, went in work. and got, that was later. This is all free. But we went in and got um, a prescription for medication immediately. Right away. And then went and... The state's good at giving you drugs on demand. Got those meds. And then set up an appointment with a psychiatrist through the primary care doctors. I had like a virtual tele... So had a series of um, tele-meetings. Yeah. Long story long, uh, made it to the Rose City, but there's still work to do. And depression's not something that's like... You take enough pills and it's solved. Yeah, I think I was sleeping like 16 hours a day. When you got here? Yeah, sleeping a lot. What were you dreaming about? I wasn't really... Well, I have the same dreams over and over again. It's weird. I have like... It's not anything exciting, but I have like this Brendo Resort. That's... Are you telling me what is not exciting about a Brendo Resort? That to me sounds very exciting. But it's just okay. Like, I'm at a tour. You know, I, you know. I'm so like picture. You're the Total Recall salesman selling me on Brendo Resort. Go. I'm Quaid. But there's like Disneyland rides. I love like, it. But like we live in like. Are dorms. there fast passes? No, there's no lines. There's no lines. I love it already. But we live in, like, college Although, dorms. I kind of like the fast passes, because you get to the front of the line, and you get to feel better than the suckers that are waiting in line. If there's no lines, you don't get that feeling of superiority. And I'm always shopping for video games for some reason. And there's always, like, video game stores. There are people out there with depression who are like, man, your dreams are JV. Well, I was having. I guess I'm just making an assumption that I mean I've been depressed. The medication helped a lot with my. I was having like sad I, dreams. I was having like, um, PTSD nightmares for a while. But I was on like some. Does the Brendo Man amusement park smell like funnel cake? It smells like Disneyland. Okay. Is there funnel cake at Disneyland? Not really. No, that's more of a knots. Mm-hmm. Very farm thing. I think of uh, although the best funnel cake I've ever had is at the um, Water American Slide Park. No, no, that's pretty good funnel cake. But at the American Adventure Pavilion at Epcot, you have to go to Florida to get the best funnel cake. Yeah, and they have like you get you can get like a slab of ice cream on it and fruit <laughs> toppings. Love it. I love it. So it's Epcot Center, like that country showcase, right? Yeah, and so like. The big play, especially now, is they probably leveled up like their foodieism of the World Showcase. I oh assume. yeah, and then it's like you get to America, and it's like welcome to America. We have fried dough. <laughs> what 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 would they? What would there be if you were curating the menu at the American Pavilion at Epcot? What would be on there right now? Like some kind of burger, like a good burger, a hamburger. What is, like, American food? I would make tacos. I'd make burritos. Those are more Amer- more consumed in America. Tacos, you gotta leave in Mexico, especially after the documentary series. But burritos... I'd make a California burrito. Which is... Steak. And potatoes, french fries. 
French, French fries. fries. I like it with French fries. And ooh, this is where there's some debate: guac or sour cream. I like I like sour cream. Sour cream with the potatoes. But I'm just a deviant. I say both if you want it. What's your favorite place you've ever had a California burrito? Um. Well, Roberto's. In Solana Beach? Yeah. Solana Beach Roberto's or the Carmel Valley Roberto's. Take your pick. They're both gorgeous. I would say mine outside of Roberto's is uh, is the Surf and Turf. The It's the California Burrito with lobster. I've had that. I went on a tour. You know, I take that back. When I was a college, when I lived in Seattle but recruited for University of Washington in San Diego and I had a per diem, I would just, wherever high school, whether I was in, you know, San Marcos or whether I was in La Jolla or wherever, I would, and I found at one of the schools I was visiting, they had their their school newspaper, I think it was the Falconer, shout out Torrey Pines, our mm-hmm. alma mater, and they did a, like a top 10 California burrito places in San Diego, and I just went to like four of them. Well, mine is at Lucha Libre. Which is also a Lucha Libre themed. They have like masks yeah. and Lucha masks. They have a special ring table. Didn't we eat there? No. I, I, don't, I didn't eat there with you. I okay. ate there a few times. I've had the lobster and yeah, that was good. And they also have shrimp and shrimp burrito. At I've had that. It's good. The, uh, they have that at Lucha Libre. So there's some good burritos out there. But now you're in Portland. Do we have good burritos up here? Well, I've had the Muchas Gracias Oregon burrito. A lot better than you expect a thousand miles from Southern California. It's good. It's good. Yeah. It's not, I'm not too homesick for that. And they're talking about In and Out in Portland. Oh, yay. I read an article. I like having it be a special thing. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I took it for granted when I once I was back in yeah SoCal. Now it's gone again. It's all about those double doubles, animal style, not monster style, mom. Like double double animal style and animal style fries. Mm. Yeah, I didn't find out about animal style fries until like two thousand five. Came later. Came later. My favorite was one time I ordered a Neapolitan shake and got three milkshakes because the person didn't know what that meant. So it means giving you three milkshakes? It was perfect. You could have written it better in, like, a comedy. It's like, because, you know, it's like, uh, you know, they have, like, the expediter, like, puts, like, and the, the guy just called out my order, number 58, and then he looked at the receipt and was like, okay, hey, there's your burger, there's your fries. Oh, you have a shake. And then he read it. He was like, Neapolitan, what's that? And I was like... It's Neapolitan, man. Chocolate, strawberry, vanilla. And he was like, okay, got it. And he came back with three shakes. One chocolate, one strawberry, one vanilla. Hey, man, I'm not going to complain. I got I got free shakes out of that. I like it when they're all mixed together, though. Would you rather have a one mixed together shake or three shakes? What does Neapolitan ice cream make you think? Well, I realized after having one uh, of those milkshakes that no... Even a teenage boy, three milkshakes <laughs> at once. <laughs> so I traded. I did what every teenage boy should do in that situation. I traded one of my milkshakes for two tacos. Dang. So you got some Drew Jack in the Box tacos? Yeah. Because this was at that massive uh, fast food cornucopia. It was a, a Magic Mountain trip. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Walker. <laughs> Let's call him Walker. Neapolitan ice cream makes me think of grandma and grandpa's because that's what they always had. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's, you know, that's what you want. You want a scoop of each on a banana split. Banana splits. But that the strawberry is so good in that because it's like. I don't normally eat strawberry ice cream. Fresa. So good. Yeah, but I mean, you're in Portland. Doing better, I hope. I mean, definitely. Well, now that the drugs have kicked in, because waiting for the drugs to kick in was like, oh, I still feel that like... That was hard, because it's like, like shit. you were off meds for how long? Like, uh, eight months. And then you're back on meds. Yeah. 
and but it's not instant. So what's that phase like when you're like getting on to meds? You slept well, a lot. Feel just... weird, but nothing's really happening up and mentally wise. You're still feeling like you're still having the same Brendo Man amusement park dreams. And I'm just, you know, sleeping a lot and feeling like shit a lot and feeling like, uh, life isn't worth living. This and this isn't. is in your, this is, you know, you've been quote unquote in the narcissist narrative of your brother. You're like, you've been rescued. And it's like, you still want to kill yourself. Yeah. But. Through being, but being around you guys, being around you, being around a walking antidepressant baby. That's why I call my daughter. That's that alone helped immensely. I definitely felt better just being around people because I mean, like, I would go days without being around anybody. My old life, before life, you know. Yeah. Especially COVID. Yeah. But like, even before that, like before COVID, kind of like as like ghost. I was just like a ghost, and I ghosted out. And I mean, like, I would go to wrestling shows with Keith, but that was about all I did. Well, that's another thing is, you know, you know what, it's great that, you know, you got up to Portland, but now you are, you've said goodbye to one community and have to kind of rebuild a Portland community. Yeah. And I've, you know, hung out at Sookie's with some of, some, you've introduced Where me to some quality people. Yeah, yeah. And at the same time, though, it's like, it's still a bar during a pandemic, so it's not like you can, like, be a regular regular. We just kind of, like, do drive-bys and yeah, like, say hi to Yeah, kind of hang folks. out outside. I've met, a, I've had friends meet up there, but we just hang out outside. Yeah. Um, can't hang out inside. It's kind of, but that's, but it's getting to be wintertime. It's cold. It's cold here, bro. Yeah. Kind of winter turned on real fast. It's like 40 degrees. You're, you're still wearing shorts. Yeah, I got new pants, but I haven't worn them yet. We need some more cozy pants. need more loungewear. I can help you out. Got loungewear. But yeah, I've... I've um... It's fuzzy. Do you, have a, do you have a warm robe? I'm not really a robe guy. Well, you better get on it. You need a fuzzy warm robe. I don't have a fuzzy warm robe, no. I've never really had a robe. Didn't you get one from Grandma Conley? No. You never got a robe for Christmas? Did you? Yeah, I got a robe. When? At one of the Modesto Christmases. Oh. Yeah, no, I got a sweatshirt from her, from Grandma Conley. Mm. And it was really, it was my favorite sweatshirt. It had a pirate patch on it. And I left it at the doctor's office, and they claim they didn't have it. So I don't know what the fuck happened. Doctor? Doctor stole your dope sweatshirt? What kind of sweatshirt was it? It was just black. It was a black zip hoodie. It was just really nice black zip hoodie. And it had a pirate skull. When I moved to Portland in 09, Portland was all about adult pirates. And at first it was, like, charming and whimsical. And I, like, look out, like, the window at my old street because there'd be like a commotion and there'd be like a pirate run and like oh that's fun and whimsical but then like a year a year or two later i was at like a park that had a community garden and it was like the end point for this adult you remember the character of the adult pirate it was like a real thing in portland yeah you remember there was like a character in dodgeball that was an adult pirate and you're like what's that it's like oh he's just a thing but like i that's portland but at the end of this pirate run and this is somewhat predictable. I mean, they are pirates, but I was kind of appalled by their behavior <laughs> because these pirates were urinating into a community garden within a park. That's not cool. For the locals, Colonel Summers Park has an awesome community garden that like people can like rent out and like, you know, I guess it's kind of called like what is the yuppie, yuppie sharecropping? Is that appropriate? No, sharecropping is not cool. But uh, but yeah, they're peeing on the public garden. I was, I was like, like Fuck. on people's crops. They like yeah, you know how there's like a picture like a park and there's like a garden that's like fenced. So like the pirates were like peeing through the fence onto the garden. Yeah, Be- these pirates were behaving like pirates. This aggression cannot stand. It was a pirate man. run. Yeah. And they were just needed a place to pee. Yeah. 
They didn't have any pirate porta potties. No, they didn't have any uh, honey peg leg buckets. I'm trying to make a pirate pun for a porta potty. I don't know. Why do pirates call porta potties honey buckets? Why? Because if they called him porta potty, there'd be too many R. Ah, it's bad. It's bad stuff. I used to do bingo at a comedy venue where every time, like, uh, a certain, whether it was like the O's or something was called, you'd have to do a pirate joke, and they got so bad after a while. Because we'd have to make up our own jokes. It's hard. As I just demonstrated. I went to bingo at Hamburger Mary's. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, did you win anything? Uh, no. We had cool prizes. Um, many of the prizes were bought at Goodwill a few moments before bingo started. Or no. We had a good stock. Good run. Good run. But, yeah, being in Portland's been good. I mean, except I get here, and right away there's, like, fires. So we yeah. can't go outside. Oh, yeah. And then, like... Well, I mean... The protests got pretty ugly. Yeah, well, they've There been was ugly. a shooting... Yep. Um, so, yeah, the world's still burning. Although, and you're Portland... Like, oh, I'm sad. You took me to downtown Portland, and it was not the disaster zone area it was told it was going to be. No, of course the anarchist not. jurisdiction. I mean, I mean, it's pretty boarded up and shut down. But that's economy. A lot of... Yeah, it's, it's just weird. They're saying the Portland hotels are like 37% occupancy rate downtown. It's like really bad. Yeah, it's poo-poo. It's poo-poo. Poo-poo-poo. Um, I think we should do a little, you know, how, you know, a little Portlandy segment. You know, uh, let's do it. Let's do our, let's do our Portlandy segment. Rose, this is inspired by that So Raven. This is segment is called That's So Portland. Because I met Raven once. Raven Simone? Yeah. How tall was she? She was pretty tall. What? Okay. You know, she's like... Uh, was, uh, she, was, was she doing something she Raven? She was part of the Cheetah... This is when the Cheetah Girls were at Disneyland. The, the Cheetah Girls at Disneyland is very Raven. And it was a... They were getting chased around by teenage... Not teenage, young kids... So they, they were hiding in the guest in our um, seat. We call it the the cast appointment. Oh, you were system. working when this working. happened, and they um, on the mouse clock. They were hiding in our shack that we clock in in because they were trying to get away from the crowd. Disney employees have a shack. Well, it's a it's an office, but it's called the shack. It was just like it's like a it's like a closet, and there's just a computer in it, and that's where we get our. And that's in. where you saw Raven Simone. Well, she was. She went in there to hide from the massive crowd of people that were chasing them around. Did she escape? Yeah. Nice. Um, if you're still wondering, like that's so Raven, what does that even mean? Well, I'm glad you asked because according to the Urban Dictionary, if something is so Raven, it's something that is too cool for words. And the my favorite thing about Urban Dictionary is, is they give you, like, context examples. Like, someone writes an example of using <laughs> that phrase. And so the, the example they gave, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, was, like, a, you know, a, a, two lines of dialogue. One line was like, hey, I, I totally hooked up with that chick at that party. Then person two, awesome, that's so Raven. So... That's how you use that so Raven in a sentence. But this is not that so Raven. This is that's so Portland. And we're going to do three rounds. I'm going to drop something that I think is so Portland. Then you're going to drop something that you think is so Portland. We'll debate it for a bit, a little bit, and this see who wins. something that we've experienced. Yes, yeah, something that we've experienced that we would describe as so Portland. Allow me to demonstrate. I did something once upon a time. That was so Portland. And I'm starting round one with my most hack, my most well-trodden. Like, this is so Portland. So it has so many layers of Portland. So once upon a time, I was a downtown ghost tour guide. 
I gave tours of downtown Portland. Started underground. Sometimes they finished underground. And by underground... You know on the I, Shanghai tunnels? That was so frustrating about this tour is it's advertised as, you know, the Shanghai tunnel tour. No, mine wasn't the Shanghai tunnel tours. I think this is called like the Shanghai tunnel ghost tour, right? That's the name of the title. Mm-hmm. And the tour either begins or ends for like 20 minutes underground. And by, I mean, undergrounds, I mean just the basement level of some downtown property, which have lots of tunnels. And we did have like this car. It was the historic hotel. We had the basement level. It was no longer a hotel. Hadn't been for decades. And there was like a punched out part in the wall and you could go back there. And there is a network of tunnels beneath downtown Portland that lead to the waterfront. And they're called the Shanghai tunnels because it's like, Oh, if you get drunk at a bar, People would prey upon, you know, tourists or settlers in the old-timey days. They would drug them, and then they would be pulled down through a trap door, dragged through the underground tunnels to the waterfront, thrown on a ship, and by the time they woke up from being roofied, they're halfway to Shanghai. They've been shanghai and now they have to live at sea until they work off their debt. And so we were like, oh, I want to learn all about these tunnels. And they imagine, like, if you say, hey, dude, you want to go on a Shanghai tunnel tour? You're like, heck Yeah. And what are you what are you envisioning? Something like the Goonies, man, like you're going like, in the tunnels. And you're underground. Yeah. Now, if it's an hour tour, how long are you underground? An hour. An hour. So you want a hundred so then you get here and it's like, Welcome to the welcome to the Shanghai Tunnel Ghost Tour. Just got the paranormal. We're gonna talk about the Shanghai tunnels and we're underground for like ten to fifteen, sometimes twenty minutes. And then most of the tour is on the surface streets of downtown Portland, which is pretty beat, even pre COVID. A lot of tents, a lot of camping. We kind of have to be trained on how to handle if, like, you know, a temporarily houseless person, you know, uh, is vocal and scary in your group. A lot of tourists, people are like, hmm, in Houston, we just bus our homeless people out. How do you allow this to happen? And then, like, so they're bummed. But anyway, just being an un- uh, a ghost tour guide isn't enough. On this particular evening, I was a ghost tour guide, and we were outside of Voodoo Donuts. That was a stop on the tour. We have a partnership, pick up a box of Voodoo Donuts, we share them with the group. They love it. Uh, so we, we're eating our donuts outside of Voodoo, downtown. It's like 9.30 p.m., 10 p.m., and the naked bike ride rolls by. So they have, I'm on a ghost tour, leading the tour, eating Voodoo Donuts, and the naked bike ride comes by. That's so Portland. What are the people in your group? Were they like, oh. Well, I kind of, you know, I'm playing, you know, I get, you know, whatever, you know, Portland, you know, I get my hourly wage, but, you know, each group, you got to play up for tips, you know, you, you know, you can really tell who's what, what, you know, who's got the tour guide goods by, you know, how well they tip. So I, I celebrate this moment, you know, I'm like, guys, we are, and I just kind of told them, I gave them the play by play. Here we are. Outside of Voodoo, you got, you know, the Voodoo doll donut that's being stabbed with pretzels. You got the bubblegum donut. You have, and we're watching the naked bike ride. Uh, this is very important. And they loved it. They were they were my most satisfied customers. But the naked bike ride happens but once a year. Usually around your birthday. Have you done the naked bike ride? Hell yeah. I tell you what. It's a great thing to do in your 20s. Once you get to your 30s, no, uh, maybe... Maybe cheer. Cheering from the sidelines is fun. Like, because people just like, the people who are at, on the tour, people who are at bars, they, if they know, like, they're on the route, they just come outside and, and just like watch. And the naked bike ride takes like an hour to pass. <laughs> so, like, it's awesome. Uh, and people get so excited. Like, people just watching start flashing or taking off clothes. I remember my favorite naked bike ride moment was I'm on the naked bike ride. And, like, other naked bike riders are, like, cheering people on. I saw, like, a guy get so excited. He was, like, peeling off his clothes, put them in his, like, backpack, and, like, hopped on his board, his skateboard. Because you don't just see naked bikers. You see naked skateboarders. You see naked recumbent bicyclers. You see naked roller skaters, naked roller bladers. You see naked scooters. You see naked razors. You see naked runners. It's it's. I saw a naked horse one time. <laughs> my friend posted, "Did you see the the man winning the naked bike race doing the naked horse?" And they posted a picture of someone on like a mechanical horse, like a bike that like, you know, like some Burning Man type metal sculpture that was mechanical metal sculpture. And I was like, no. And I posted my picture of a naked man on a horse. 
that kind of horse, bro. So yeah, that was a very Portland moment. What do you got for round one? Uh, I once did stand-up comedy at Helium Comedy Club and then at The Lamp on the same night. They call that a double dip. Double dipping, local open mic. That was like the the second time I ever did stand-up comedy ever. That's right. I mean, that's very Portland-y. That kind of leans towards the Chuck Palahniuk. He has that uh, Portland book, Fugitives and Refugees, and one of the beautiful things about Portland (laughs) And this, well, as he said, everyone has three identities. It's like you were, you know, you were, you were doing two stand-up open mics on one night, but you're on vacation and you worked at a school and you're also a podcaster, right? Three identities. Um, or, you know, you know, a, a typical Portland, uh, the barista is uh, also performs aerial silks on tours with Gogo Bordello when they do big festivals. And they're also uh, a reading tutor. That's very Portlandy, very Portland identities. And now it's kind of like everyone has to have three hustles because that's how jobs are created in 2020. I made so many jobs. Yeah, I have three of them. I still can't make rent. I love that meme. Anyway, do you, what do you remember from that night? Well, I remember um, people came up to me in the bathroom telling me how good I was. Ugh. See, that's what that's how you know. Like I'm sure like you got a good response. I was you were you were crushing so good that I was like, Man, he's gonna think he's the shit, but everyone does good at helium. And so like did you when you got off that stage, you know, it was there's like a there's like probably seventy people there, a good crowd for yeah. a Tuesday. Like when you got off the stage, you probably felt like you did good, right? It felt like a million bucks. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, but you're probably like, did I just do good? I don't know. But then when when a stranger, like, you can't argue with that metric, right? Yeah, I was a stranger, and then a couple other comedians were saying, well, that was really good. Yeah, when other comedians tell you you were funny, that means a lot. And when strangers tell you... The first time I did stand-up there, I was, like, walking home, and a car drove by and was, like, honked. I was like... You did great. Keep doing it. And I was like, yeah, I will. But, you know, the stand-up, like, Chris like, wait, keep doing it. Like, you need to keep doing it more to get funny. But I'll tell you what, I've never been, like, catcalled for my stand-up from a car since my since that first night. It's kind of crazy. Sometimes those first nights are pretty magical. Um, but then my plan as kind of a deviant, you know, brother is like, I can't have this monster who got up at Helium. I signed up. I didn't even get up that week because um, I'm not past, um, not even close. But uh, I was like, well, now we're going to go to the, you know, to the grimy. We're going to get some grime on you. We're going to go to the, the non-comedy club Tuesday night after 10.30 p.m. Mike at the Lamp. And nobody does well there. So that's going to cleanse you know that's going to bring Brendo down to earth. So we go to that mic. Describe that mic compared to a hot, buttered. People are buzzed. It's early. People are stoked to be out at the comedy club. Now we're at a tiny, divey bar within a bar, bar within a venue on a weeknight. There are still some people there. Were the were the comedians happy to be there? No. And how did you do there? I think I did well there. You did pretty good. I was the, so pissed. The, the bartender said I did a good job. And that's another. I mean, yeah. Sometimes the bartender's all you got. So, yeah. That was a pretty Portlandy night. Right, who do you think wins round one? I don't know. I don't think you can beat the naked bike ride. Well, I mean, it's pretty hack. But then again, did you do any hack jokes? Oh, I told you one. The Portland bingo. That was what you did. That was what. That was a joke you did. I did that. You also did, and I. You can you like a uh, transition lines is not really thieving, but it's kind of like the whole like when you talked about being kind of like in your set, you're like blah blah. I'm gay, and I said just wait, and then if they don't respond, be like usually that gets an applause break. Did you do that? I don't think so. You, you did. I recorded it. Okay. It's on an earlier part, but you didn't, you didn't do that tagline? I don't remember. You don't remember. Uh, it went so good you blacked out. But yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, 
So it's an interesting point of view. Gay, you talked about him being disabled. The disabled stuff I talked, I got, that was really good, yeah. Talked about feeling guilty about being in the Special Olympics. That's great. That's a good, that's great. All right. I will take the victory in round one. Round two, you go first. How, what's, tell me what's so, tell me another Um, So Portland moment. That same trip, uh, we went to the urban woods. We went to the Markham Trail. Markham Trail. One of Portland's famous urban forests, trails. Yeah, it was like the forest, and we did some mushrooms. Yeah. And it was just really beautiful being in the woods. It was winter, right? Wasn't there snow on the ground? Yeah. It was raining. Raining, and there was snow, or just raining? It was just raining. I don't think there was snow on the ground. There wasn't. Yeah. I've been in those woods a lot. You know. But it was just really pretty, and it was tripping on shrooms. And I saw a man walking a cat. <laughs> okay. Whoa. <laughs> so you're on a trail. That's very Portland-y. You're, you're, yes, it's urban, but you know Portland has one of the largest urban forests in the country, if not the world. It's right up there with the Bosque de Chapultepec. I said that like Russian, but it's in Mexico City. You remember that from Spanish class? El Bosque de Chapultepec. Remember Montebello High School? Es Beto. Beto, Beto Chavez. Chévere! Tengo un leap, un lapis. And the video had oh. um, one of the, the girl from Wild and Crazy Kids. Oh, the name? Spanish video? But yeah. anyway, we're in Portland's Bosque de Chapultepec. And you see a dude walking a cat. Yeah. The only up to that point, the only person I'd ever seen walking a cat was my mom. Did you do that in the act? Yeah. Oh. See that's very Portland. You you you, you experience Portland, then you bring that to the stage that day. That's very that's great. That's <laughs> It was your idea. Yeah. Well, it's collaborative. But that that's a very Portland day. I'm trying to think. Oh, I got some Portland Fung- fungus stories. Oh, it's also shrooms and comedy. <laughs> um, well, it's shrooms and comedy related. Let's bring it full circle. I did something that was so Portland. Um, I was having a good Saturday. I was at uh, this time, you know, I was performing regularly, weekly, uh, in uh, for the Funhouse Lounges improv show shows whatever they were doing i was up there usually and we had this uh one show that was called domprov do you ever see a domprov show when you're here no it's basically like short form improv game whose lines anyway style games you know but it's hosted by a dominatrix character and so it was great because like at the end of each short scene you either get rewarded or punished based on the quality in the estimation of the dominatrix host in this case mr shivana shout out landy and Sean, uh, her hubby. Um, and so we were rehearsing something, and, you know, that's like the late show. And so it was like pretty much I was at the funhouse all day. But buddy of mine, we, we did some shroomies and then came back and, and did improv for a little bit. And I tell you what, being a little a little goopy during improv <laughs> was kind of fun and surreal. <laughs> I just remember during one of the punishments... Uh, a scene had gone, whether it went good or bad, who knows? The punishments were always kind of that was the format was so perfect because if it was a bad improv scene, it could be cut at any time, and then you get laughs by acknowledging how bad it was, right? Or the good parts, and that's what's so good. Because have you ever been to a bad improv show or, or a good improv show that had bad moments? It's yeah. kind of like most improv formats. What makes it so scary and impressive when we'll execute is, is there is no safety net. It's like if it sucks, they have to make it not suck. But this one, if it sucks, we can be like, hey, stop. That sucked. You're being punished for it sucking in a humorous way. Move on. And I had started to you know, feel a little loopy. And I remember the punishment is Mistress Ivana had me take off my shoes, squeeze out a snack pack chocolate pudding onto the stage, and then step into the pudding barefoot <laughs> and then she made me put my socks back on That's over the pudding so but i just remember but fun to watch as an audience right that that's kind of funny it has kind of that 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 jackassy 
uh, Fear Factory element that people love. But I remember, like, and this was like a Saturday night show. I remember the feeling of cold pudding between my toes. And then I look out, and there's like an audience, right? It wasn't like sold out or anything, but I was like, wow, like these people are here watching me step in pudding. And they have no idea how high I am. <laughs> and it was a great moment. Um, you know, I was getting laughs. Um, but yeah, that was my Portland moment. I don't know. Tra- the the it's pretty close, but I think for this for round two, I gotta give it to Cat on a leash. So we're one one. Should we do one more round? Sure. How are we doing on time, Mo? Plenty. Plenty. Um, I'll go first this time. A very Portland moment was my nuptials. Uh, I met my wife in Portland on a date, uh, an on- online date. Okay, Cupid, that's how old we are. Um, and we met at a music concert under a unicorn. It was a concert. Um, we eventually kind of, you know, we both were into ska. Like, I was more into it than she was. But we had, for a wedding, a ska unicorn-themed wedding. You were there. Yeah, we wore ska clothes. Yeah, black and white color theme. We had checkered a live... Vans. Live. I was wearing checkered vans. The whole wedding party had checkered vans. So I think a ska unicorn-themed wedding with a live ska band, Matamoska, shout out, they played... Malayne, um, when you produce comedy and comedy festivals and you come across a, a, you know, wait, we could get a band for the same price as a DJ, um, that was a lot of fun. So that was very Portlandy, my wedding. It was in a nice spot. You stayed in a spot. Stayed in a overdeveloped, you stay in the Death Star, a giant eyesore of New Portland. But that's kind of Portland, too, is, you know, is you're staying in one of those big condo places, apartment places that popped up, and they had so so few people want to live there. There was a lot of Airbnb places in there, this whole floor. That was cool. Yeah, because we had a loud party with a lot of people. And yeah. Didn't get in any trouble. No. So that was pretty Portland. I had a pretty Portlandy wedding. We had a vegan cake. It was really good. There was an ice cream truck with Choco Tacos and other treats. It was very Portlandy. Yeah, I ate a lot of ice cream. I didn't get any Choco Tacos. We had burritos as one of the menu options. And salmon. It's also, I think, both Portlandy. It's a very Portlandy wedding. So, can you got anything that's more Portlandy than that? For this round, I did a podcast about having depression with my brother. <laughs> so this, <laughs> this is pretty Portland. Let me see. You're getting an Oregon Health plan. Um, you have lots of roommates. Uh, you're doing a podcast, and you, you're also working for a brewery. Yeah, that's that's very Portland. Brew tours, brew tours. Uh, you're you're living off of. Uh, well, it was, you know, medical marijuana is a big part of your daily routine. <laughs> or, yeah, yeah, that's pretty Portlandy. That's pretty Portlandy. So you, you, your moment, your slice, well, how do you like, how do you like your slice of Portland? I like it. I like doing the podcast again. It's been a lot of fun. How could how could this be more? How could you be? How could you level up your own Portlandy? If we had a if we were on Portlandia, <laughs> that shows uh, I was an extra. So there you go. You have an extra from Portlandia on your podcast. Boom! You got more Portlandy. I wish we could go to Ground Control. Ah, oh, Ground Control. But I don't Portland want to touch an video game bar. So I'm saying, man, we need to buy a pinball machine for the new basement. Pinball machines are expensive. Well, we could save up for five years. Then it's like, which one do you get? Do you go classic? Classic. But then you gotta maintain that shit. I got connections, bro. You know a pinball guy? Yes. You gotta know a pinball guy. I'm well connected. Man, 
nothing made me feel cooler because like I think if you're a certain a certain kind of hey you made it to adulthood or just being a decent person is you you have a spot like a bar where like oh hey you know forget about the cover charger or hey you bought a couple rounds of drinks here's here's a free drink because when I was a part of the Portland tour graft is I would bring leftover donuts after my tours to the ground control door guys and if it was like free play night I would get in without a cover or you know made sure the bartenders know hey this is the guy that brings us donuts get a free drink sometimes I just get handfuls of free quarters so like for a while I was on quarters that's what they call it people are like hey thanks for the donuts hey did you get a handful of quarters what you're not on quarters yet so being a regular at ground control I miss that I'm no longer regular ground control because there's no regularity there thanks covid yeah i think about what life in portland would be like without the virus and that'd be really cool to go to wrestling shows go to comedy shows yeah so it's kind of weird it's like you're in portland but still for you even being in portland go to like the hole in the wall restaurants yeah. and stuff and like just wandering around i just remember one night we went out I think we went to ground control or we went somewhere and then we went to this one place and we had these waffle sandwiches was it a window did we go to the waffle window no it was an it was a sit-down place mm. and you had something that had like every breakfast oh, meat yeah. on it it was right next door yeah but it oh, was like spot. really fucking good but yeah it's kind of just, just stuff like that like it's not good this can't happen right now it must be frustrating that you're living in portland and still like the idea of living in portland is still not something that's actualized because Portland's closed. And I guess we could go to an outdoor screening. Ugh. Well, not anymore. It's, it's cold, cold, man. It's cold now. It's cardigan weather. This is my kind of weather. So I've just been been watching a lot of football and sports. Is that what you've been sports watching ball. this week? Sports ball. Watching the World Series has World, been crazy. The World Series has been pretty intense. I love that we were watching game four yesterday. And it was, they're all long games. And it's like, you know, we have house guests, and my wife, you know, she's very patient. She gets that, like, it's kind of nice, kind of for us to just have it in the background. And they were, like, complaining. Like, the whole house was against us. I was like, are we still watching the same baseball game? And, like, right as they complained, it was, like, bottom of the ninth, two outs. Yeah, it's crazy, like, two errors, guy slides into home, and for the next 90 seconds everyone was baseball fans I remember that Cubs World Series that was pretty good that was pretty good I was in Seattle for that at a bottle bar yeah I mean baseball you have to put in the time to get rewarded right I remember like we were huge baseball fans growing up because we went to all the games played Little League when you know know the all team, the players and, and you know the rotation especially like if you can recognize the guys coming out of the bullpen you're like uh oh this guy he throws sidearm but he gets you know shellacked a lot this gets good you have to put in a lot of work to get enjoyment out of it it's baseball. also definitely better live it's a live experience I don't know. I argue with that. I think it's so boring live that baseball at home's good because you can do other stuff. That's true. I just remember. I just had a lot of fun wandering. R.I.P. They're tearing down Jack Murphy. Well, Stadium. now it's called. No one calls it. Don't call them. Even call it that. It's not don't, even called. Don't. It's, it's something besides Qualcomm. It's the Murph. No, you said it. It's the Murph. The Murph. They're tearing it down, and I just had a lot of fun with you running around that place. Oh, man, we would run around that place. Throw fold airplanes, throw them off the top, see how far they could go. Try and steal beach balls. Just you'd run into other wandering kids. Yeah. Remember, remember the elevator operator with the moth. Yeah. That was a sad story. It's like through work, our dad had like they had like a box or like a you know suite or something that had like the hot dog set up. And he had to go, he had to take the elevator to the special level. And the elevator operator had like a straw brim hat, was wearing a blazer, making sure people are getting off at the suites they're supposed to. And he had like a moth on his hat. And we're like, is that real? He's like, yeah. Like just a friend that he made. But then by like the seventh inning, we're like, where's your friend? Because he was gone. Yeah. What happened to him? He died. Yeah, he didn't make it. He, He flew off, got like crushed by the door 
It's like, that's life, man. You only got nine innings. And some people don't even make it the full nine. Some people go to extra innings. Some people peace out early, like that moth. Or beetle, or whatever it was. What do you think? I think it was a moth. It's probably a moth. Remember, you could just look up at the lights and there's just big clouds of moths. That always grossed me out. But yeah, man. I went to Torrey Pines CIF Championship Games. Promise Keepers. Harvest Crusade. Harvest Crusade. I went to Promise Keepers. Oh, you time. did? Yeah. I never went to Promise Keepers. Well, yeah, they took like me, Jesse, and Mark there. We spent the whole time. Is that like all the dudes being all dudes? <sighs> yeah. Dudes for Jesus? It was like the Society of Protectors, but like the opposite <laughs> <laughs> of secular. It was like the Christians may have their... Uh, it was, it was kind of cool because what I did like about it was I got to hear non-white ministers. That was cool. But the whole rest of it, it was just kind of running around uh, treating the baseball park, which wasn't being used for baseball. It was being used to fish for souls for Jesus. <laughs> and ugh, gross. Boy Scout? Boy, Boy Scout, Scout Fair? Scout Fair. That was always fun. Yeah. You had a good Pinewood Derby there. I got to compete in the county Pinewood Derby. First time I had a fish taco, there was a Rubio's fish taco stand in there. Oh, yeah, that was probably the first place I ever had one. Yeah, the Rubio's. Oh, man, Rubio's. I miss Rubio's. That white sauce is good. My favorite thing they have there, shout out to Phil, is the crispy shrimp tacos. They're only the limited time only. Whenever it's crispy shrimp taco time, it's a good time. Whenever uh, Bubba Gump Shrimp Company has a good catch, they have a good season. They can they can get the good deals. If they don't have a good season. The price of shrimp is too high for for Taco Week. <laughs> What's your sound bite that you had? Oh, we skipped it. We didn't need it. We were talking about, you know, the the theme of the episode is even Rose City smells like poo poo. How it's kind of like, uh, don't look, don't cheat. Did you see it? No. See if you can name this. It's a sound bite about. Hey, sometimes you know you get to the end and the finish line isn't what you expected. Here's a great quote from one of the all time best movies from the nineties. Hey, little Billy, I got a different set of rules of mine. You want to hear them? Here they come. Sometimes when you win, you really lose. And sometimes when you lose, you really win. And sometimes when you win or lose, you actually tie. And sometimes when you tie, you actually win or lose. I hate it when you talk like that. It makes me crazy when you talk like that. Winning and losing is all one big organic love. That was Rosie Perez from White Men Can't Jump <laughs> telling Woody Harrelson, you know, sometimes when you win, you lose. And sometimes when you lose, you win. And... Well, I don't need to repeat it for you. It's like, it's genius right there. It's like sometimes you get depressed and you move to Portland. And you move to Portland and you think things are great, but actually they were the best when you were just with your family on the road to Portland. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that great quote? From Rosie Perez. Billy. It's a good quote. It's a good quote. We're getting the greatest. We're getting great content here from from BJ. <laughs> Brenda, what do you think of this quote? It's a great quote. Brenda, what do you think of um, that TV? It's big. What do you think of uh, that painting that my friend made? It's nice. It's a nice painting. Sometimes when you lose, you win. And sometimes when you move to Portland, you lose. No. What? <laughs> this is what it's about. It's just what's next. It's about surviving to the next game. Surviving to the next season of Mandalorian. But before that, there's some other stuff to watch. What are you watching this week, bro? Well, now that we're in a new cycle of TV because we finished um, The Vow's Done, um, Lovecraft Country is over. I already read the book. It was really good. I like the finale. It was really good finale. Finale of the Vow just made me want to watch the other Vow right? documentary. Yeah, mm. the I mean, Vow they, lost steam. Vow started hot and then lost steam. Well, I, I mean, say. they got him and everything. 
I don't know. What did I want from it? I don't know. I wanted the mother and her daughter to have like a reunion or something. Yeah, but she's the daughter is in the other documentary. Okay, we gotta go. It's this is fire festival all over again. I need to hear both sides of the fire festival. I hear both sides of the vow. I was reading. I watched. I watched some stuff about because they're doing the trial. Yeah. So I was reading some stuff about the trial. How's the trial going? Keith Lanier is a nut job, man. Yeah. I mean, he came... <laughs> he helped form a sex cult. He's, he managed to get all these women to give him all their money. The relationship in the vow between kind of Keith Raniere and the filmmaker, right? Yeah. The guy who did What the Bleep Do We Know, it reminded me of, like, I imagine, like, you remember, like, the, that first... Oh, he did that movie? I yeah. Okay. You know, like, but it reminded me, like, how he got his hooks into the filmmaker, the cult leader, was like, you know, like, um, it's your first week at school, college, you're in the dorms, and you're just meeting people, and then, like, you meet someone, like, in front of the dorms after, like, the dorm karaoke show, or you're just having, like, a cigarette or whatever... And they start like, have you seen this movie? Have you seen this movie? And they're just like, they just nerd out like, whoa! Yeah. At my school, I was the Kevin Smith nerd. No way, at my school, I love Kevin Smith and the related, you know what I mean? And they he just found someone who would like, who spoke his, his language, but also had, uh, he, he, he just, to me, sounds like some blowhard dude who like, I heard outside of the dorms, I'd be like, cool dude you got all figured out (laughs) just don't make me get a brand near my genitals anyway but we also watched the borat 2 borat movie i thought it was really funny that was good dude it was very necessary it's kind of crazy that like it's a pretty good reflection on the current state of affairs it's not like one of those movies that was bottled up before covid it's definitely like it's about it yeah and and it's beautiful. Well, because I remember that it leaked when he did the when he was at the anti-mask rally. And he sang songs, Country Joe. Yeah, that leaked out, but it didn't say it was for a new Borat movie. It just said he's he doing doing something. stuff. He's here that because he because people are like, well, he's not Borat. But then you find out it is Borat. He's just wearing disguises. That was ingenious. Put Borat in disguises. Well, because everybody knows who Borat is now, so it's kind of made it hard for him to do his shtick. It's like it's like he had to stop doing Ali G because everybody was in on the joke. It's kind of and there, there's been some of like there's always because nothing has a hundred percent approval rating, so there's always like backlash to Borat. Yeah, and one of the arguments is like, oh great, twenty twenty, now everyone's gonna start talking about Borat again. But it's like. I don't think that's a bad thing. Like, having an easily executed, accessible, you know, uh, accent for people who are funny or who people who think they're funny to to have, it, overall, it makes it better. Like, people shit on, like, remember when Austin Powers came out and everyone was doing Yeah, Baby? Yeah. But it was that fun. brought joy to people's lives. You know, Chad from your econ class... You know, who all he did was quote Dumb and Dumber and, you know, Austin Powers. You know, God bless him for for trying to make your life, trying to, you know, make your life, you know, bring some smiles to it by pretending to be Mike Myers and Austin Powers. And what's so funny for me is, is like, Borat never went away. No. He kind of like, it's just, as, as, as someone who saw Borat when it came out, who then more than a decade later, got married. I remember during my first year of marriage, I was like, whenever I say, oh, this is my wife, is the voice inside my head who goes, this is my wife, Rebecca, ever going to go away? And the answer is no. Like, my wife, Rebecca, will always, in my brain, be my wife. <laughs> so I love it. Bring bring me all your Borats. Um, my friend Brian Lynch pointed out that this is the third... 2020 comedy that featured um, established comedy characters being redeemed by their daughters. Bill and Ted. Jane Silent Bob reboot. And this. And I have a daughter. 
and she is not redeeming me. Because I need, I need more than a happy ending written by a screenwriter to get to there. But yeah, Borat, man. But all these mother, not mother, father-daughter relationships are a s- central part of the... I'm all for it, man. Oh, that brings us to Bad Dad, Rad Dad. We have a fun one this week. I also watched The Witches. Oh, okay. Well, I was asleep. You Tell me about asleep. The Witches. I thought it was really good. Um, people seem to be not liking it. I saw a lot of people, but I don't. I don't get that. I liked it. Here's what I didn't like about The Witches. After the movie ended, someone threw a notebook, three small notebooks wrapped together, <laughs> at me to wake me up. And I didn't like that part of the witches. Having some marital strife? Uh, no, it was just long day. What's nice about COVID is like everyone's allowed to be like, "What? You, what the fuck? You threw these these brick and Morty journals at my junk? Well, our our child was crying, and you were passed out on the couch because you got too high, and I couldn't touch you because I had rubber gloves on because I was unclogging our sink. I was like, ah." Uh, Maybe I should be more. I should be more okay. But I was just, I was just rudely. I was just awakened suddenly. I wouldn't want to say rudely. That wasn't the intent. And it, it, it made me grumpy for a bit. But everyone's allowed to be grumpy because it. You would even, have been just as mad if I had shaken you awake. I being shaken awake is different from having something thrown at you. I will say, it's it's jarring. Were you jarred? I was. I was jarred. If I was a door, I would be a jarred. I was a jarred awake. So, Rad Dad, Bad Dad, um, we came up with a new game to, the, this week. It's the and it actually serves as both a Rad Dad and Bad Dad. You be the judge. You can weigh in. Does the game that Brendan and I mutually created yeah. um, make me a Rad Dad or a Bad Dad? Uh, we were at the park with Lillian. And we have a sports field, multi-purpose sports field. It's AstroTurf. It's kind of soft. Sponsored by Under Armour. That's right. Um, Under Armour! Um, do they support child trafficking? I don't know. I googled Under Armour missing person. A lot of those kids were wearing Under Armour. That's all I know. Save the children. <laughs> don't be starting QAnon shit. If up. I can start a fake QAnon this easily, that proves why everyone should discount it. So, Under Armour, watch out. Save the children shouldn't do it that'd be funny um but crazy no but anyway we we, she she toddles around she likes to kick a soccer ball brent and i are there with a soccer ball so we invent a game called kick the baby kick the baby uh i'll let you explain the rules of kick the baby well basically somebody has the ball to start off with and they start off behind the line you should start by saying no baby is kicked during the play. We're not kicking the baby. We're kicking something at a baby. And a soccer ball. So somebody then the person kicking the ball has to kick the ball in order to score a point. You have to the ball has The ball to has to make contact. Make contact with the baby. With the baby. And she loves it. She thinks she's playing soccer. Yeah. Most times she doesn't even notice. She's like picking up turf dirt. Sometimes she falls over. That gets two points if you knock over the baby. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, we played to 11, and who won? I won. Brendan won. He kicked the baby the most. I I rarely beat you in athletic competitions, so I enjoyed it myself. That's right. I'm I'm okay with being the second best brother at Kick the Baby, but it's a great game. She was happy the whole time. Yes! So, kick the baby. Does that make me a bad dad or a rad dad? I think you be the judge. I think it makes you pretty rad. I think it makes me pretty rad, too. Uh, any rec- anything you're looking forward to this week? Um, well, it's WWE Hell in the Cell tonight, so I'll probably watch that sometime. Oh, nice. Oh, and the Seahawks are playing. Seahawks are playing tonight. Uh, my fantasy team's gonna lose. I didn't want to listen to the f- online voices that said, "Don't, don't, don't start the Patriots quarterback Cam Newton." He ended up scoring me three points. The person I wanted to start ended up scoring thirty points. Dang it! I'm gonna lose for the second time to my daughter's team. I'm gonna be five and one probably. Shut up. 
I'm over this podcast. Next week is chapter 9. We're only going to do 10 chapters of this limited series, so it's the penultimate episode. So coming up next week, we have... What do we have? Spring Spring Break break Fresno! Spring Break Fresno. We're doing a little jaunt into the past. 2005? Yeah. Yeah. 2004, 2005 era. 2005 for sure. But it starts in 04. Yeah. So... We're exploring a post-college depression in a foreign country where the temperatures reach... Negative 40 degrees. So imagine you're depressed. You're not 100%... It's dark at 4 o'clock. You're not 100% certain of your um, sexual orientation. You're having a crisis of faith, and you have depression, and you're in the ice city of China. On a English-speaking trip for god <laughs> we're on a mission from god but we can't i don't understand how that works so you were in china to teach english yeah but it was kind of like a covert missionary activities because you're not allowed china doesn't allow missionaries china china so we're gonna talk about that yeah and how Fresno is involved in a story Somehow that begins in Harbin, China. Started in Harbin. How do we get there? Fresno. You're going to have to tune in next week on... Radio Breno Man. Unmissing Person. Love you, bro. 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 Nailed it.